0: Welcome to It's All Fine and Angie, where we talk about community, health, culture, and all of the big and little things that make life good. Here are your hosts, Dan and Angie. Hi, everybody. Welcome, welcome. It is episode number 27 of the It's All Fine and Angie podcast, and we are so happy that you are listening again.
1: You sound so professional. Didn't I? (laughs) You really did. That's great. (laughs) How are you? I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm chilling right now. Yeah? (laughs) I got a little coffee. Nice. It's wind down time. It
1: is wind down time.
0: And I'm not having any wine, so that's not what it is. A
1: wind down time. Wind. (laughs) Yes. We say it's wind down time, but I'll be editing a podcast tonight.
0: Uh, yeah, you're going to be up a little late.
1: <laughs> Still kind of a wind A
0: down. little late.
1: Yep. So what's going on with you?
0: Well, let's see. The norm, the norm, norm. I need to do some more exciting stuff during the week so that I have some, like, adventure to talk about. I
1: don't know if anybody that, you know, works <laughs> a normal job has all this crazy exciting stuff. I feel like we've got a pretty pretty decent amount of exciting stuff to talk about, like, based on what the weekend was or whatever. Yeah. I'm going to try to adjust my mic live and see if I can
0: make an absolute
1: mess. You know what it is? I want to turn in the direction this thing won't turn.
0: Yes. I do that I want to be difficult. As well. Well, last week I did get together with my sister and my BFF, my other BFF, Mindy, and we went down to Wekiva Island and... I just had a couple drinks in the middle of the afternoon.
1: That's pretty exciting.
0: And it was it was nice. We just chilled out and talked and chatted. Girl well, talk. Well, you've,
1: you've been by the water a few times, so you went and did yes. that, but we went kayaking we did.
0: too. Past two weekends in a row.
1: Was it? Nice.
0: Yeah, because we went to the... Say the name of it, Ikonalachi. <laughs> oh,
1: Econolachie. I think we may have talked about that one, didn't yeah, we? we? we did we? Yeah.
0: And um, then we went to Juniper Springs with my brother and my niece and nephew.
1: That's our favorite so one. our
0: favorite one. Yep. And we saw some wildlife. We actually saw what I thought was... A water bandit, which isn't even a kind of snake, by the way. A
1: banded water snake?
0: (laughs) A banded water snake. And I had to get a picture of it. I was just so excited that I got a picture and and you guys went right by it. And then you looked it up. Yep. And did a little side by side. Hey, people, guess what? It wasn't a harmless snake. It was actually a water moccasin. <laughs> it was. It
1: was a cottonmouth. Um, oh, my I forgot gosh. what it was called now, but it was like a, uh, I guess cottonmouth by default is a water moccasin.
0: Yeah. And they call it that just because when they open their mouth, it's all white on the inside. Cottony
1: on the inside. I yeah. got gotcha. you. It was called, uh, shoot, I can't find my picture there, but oh, here it is. It was a, well, it just says cotton mouth, but it's the yeah. brown ones, not the black ones like a regular water moxon, but it's the brown ones with the sort of black stripey things yeah. on them. But he was huge. He I got was, a good
0: picture of him though, didn't I?
1: You did. He was, <laughs> he reminded me, this is sort of an exaggeration, but he reminded me of that snake on the Jungle Cruise ride at Disney. Oh God. That's like. Because he was just sort of perched right yeah. there with his head pointing towards everybody passing by, and he wasn't scared.
0: No. Well, I think my theory is he was just holding very still so that nobody saw him. Like Could he, be. He thought he was camouflaged. And then my brother was up in the tree, you know, they were doing backflips off the tree and stuff, and uh, crazy kids.
1: Yeah, brave.
0: And he saw an otter swimming down the river oh i almost got that on video i know it's hard to see i mean i'm sure yeah. they swim fast too yeah. but and they're kind of aggressive so i think i'm kind of glad it didn't poke its head <laughs> up because i think they might be more even more aggressive than snakes sometimes. really i didn't know yeah. that well but yeah and what and uh well, okay, I've got, that's well, it.
1: I'll make okay. a, uh, I've got, a, I'm working on a video of all the footage that we took. We've got our cool little dorky GoPro rigs on the kayaks now that I got set up. So it's really fun. So we've got, uh, I
0: even took some video. You
1: took a lot of good video. So we've got some footage to share. And honestly, it's, uh, I think it gives you a good idea. If you're thinking of going canoeing or kayaking, you will get a really good idea of what it's like. And trust me, you will love this river. Crystal clear water, sandy bottoms. It's amazing. It's the best one. Um, I have a few things to mention as well. First off, my son, my 18 year old son is moving to Seattle next month or in uh, beginning of uh, December probably. So I'm super excited for him and I'm devastated. But, you know, that's Both what we do. Them. I know,
0: I know. <laughs> you know, you got to encourage them to spread their wings. Indeed. I think it's, I think it's exciting. I, I wish I would have done something like that right uh, out of high school.
1: I'm excited. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. But I'm also, I suspect, if he's really gone for a year, then I'll be flying up to Seattle for a weekend or something. Yeah, I'm sure. So Thank anyway, you. um also I've been working on story mapping. Uh, you and I went to Starbucks uh the day before we went kayaking and yes, we sat we there did. for hours which was really nice and uh I've mapped out a pretty good chunk of uh the first maybe first third maybe first quarter of my next novel and I need as I've mentioned I need to sort of map out my stories. Yeah. And what are you guys going to be for Halloween you guys are listening? We're not going to tell you what we're going to be. No, but we
0: never do. We can we can drop some hints. Though. Uh, we can.
1: <laughs> that's true. But Halloween is closing in on us. And I just got to thinking about, you know, kind of wondering what everybody is going to be. So tell yeah. us on our social media, Fine and dangy, or email us at Feedback at findandangie.com if you want to share it that way. Um, also curious what your plans are for winter, because winter in Florida means the weather's going to be nice, and yeah. we can go biking Finally. and do all kinds of stuff.
0: We had a little sneak pre- sneak
1: sneak preview of fall?
0: Sneak peek is what I was trying oh, I gotcha. to say. Oh, I got you. Sneak peek last week. It was like, mm. 80-ish, yeah, you know, and then today it's like 92 again. So Angie
1: (laughs) invented the third segment of the show called the Information Station, and that's probably why she just said sneak peek last week.
0: Because (laughs) I like to rhyme stuff.
1: Because she likes to rhyme.
0: (laughs) Yes, Um, I do.
1: But anyway, I just wonder what everyone's plans are for winter. Angie and I, uh, in a couple of weeks, actually, are going to be heading up to North Carolina. We're going to go to Sideways brewery. Is it sideways brewery or sideways farms?
0: Um, Farms and brewery. Farm and brewery. I believe. Yes.
1: So we'll get all of our stuff together and get all that straightened out before we go. But we're going to go visit with our friends, John and Carrie, who moved from here, kind of left the busy rat race and opened up a brewery and a farm. And it Everything I see on social media, everything I hear from them, it just looks amazing. So it looks peaceful
0: and just. Oh, I know, doesn't it? It it just looks beautiful. Yes, it it really does. We're gonna. That's for our Halloween and hops It is October theme. Yeah, indeed,
1: indeed, and uh, we are also going to be doing some of our own sort of adventures while we're up there. We're gonna do some hiking in the mountains, of course. We are going to do ziplining. I'm, I'm trying to look at this place that has this really high up. It's like a mile off the ground zip line between two mountains. Should be really fun. Yes,
0: that sounds exciting. It
1: does. And I am really excited to rent mountain bikes and mountain bike down a mountain. So those could be famous last words. folks. Yeah, so, so
0: we've looked at a couple of the different um, trails.
1: Yes, the YouTube videos are great. And
0: yeah, but believe it or not, I'm the one that was like eh, maybe not that one. It looks a little too extreme. And, and I'm like, all in. Like the side of the mountain is like right there.
1: I am all in.
0: I have fell down the side of a mountain before. I do not want to do that again.
1: Well, maybe i get the chance to do that. But
0: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, I'm excited to go do that. And of course, I'll have the GoPros on both of us when we go do all this. And so you know some... what I
0: really want to do when we're up there? What's that? I want to tube down that river.
1: <laughs> you do. And you know what? I do too, honestly. Um, but the weather is supposed to be in the 50s or 60s. So I'm just not sure.
0: That's eh, a big, I, I, You talk
1: about things... A little things bit to, too
0: chilly for me. ...to
1: chicken out on. You know what it is, though? It's if you're like swimming, even that cold, usually in the springs, the water is similar temperatures throughout mm-hmm. the year. So you can get adjusted to it. The problem with tubing is you splash under, mm-hmm. then you're above, then you're under, then you're above. So you're constantly wet, but above water. Mm-hmm. So, and then be,
0: if you get a little breeze going, whew, watch it. It's really <laughs>
1: chilly. But anyway, I'm really excited about that. And, uh, and one one more dorky thing I oh, have to yeah, mention. Oh, yeah, I
0: was just going to mention, you got a little surprise yeah, for so yourself. Yeah,
1: so this is all over the nerd news and the tech news, and really, I guess, just the general news, but I am a techie. Uh, Among other things, I am an IT manager, director during my day job, as I've mentioned before. And um, I'm a big Apple guy. iPhone 11 came out this past week. I wasn't going to buy it. I, uh, I don't necessarily upgrade every year. I have been for the past few. But they added a camera lens. The leaks were coming. I saw it. It wasn't very impressive. All the tech people said, eh, minor upgrade. But then when it came out... All the reviews and all the YouTube videos that I watch when we're laying around the bed and you're watching Friends, everybody was so surprised at how amazing the cameras are. So this wasn't planned, but I had to go to an Apple store to buy something for work. Everyone's in line. I'm like, is it the iPhone launch? And they're like, no, that was last week, but they're buying the ones we have in stock. And I started playing with them on the table and fiddling around, and so anyway, next thing you know, I bought one too, and I'm super impressed. Well, you should tell
0: everybody about the new upgrade option that they have because you should just do that. What do you mean? That th- monthly thing where you can
1: oh yes 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 so they 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 actually announced that like four or five years ago but they Apple does this thing now where you can buy directly from them if you want to be on the iPhone every year program it starts off for as little as like thirty five bucks a month depending on what phone you want and it essentially what you're doing is you're getting into a two month sort of uh, finance of the phone but a year in. You can sign up again for two more years. So you can just do it every single year.
0: Oh, so you mean a two year? You said two month. Oh, That's sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Year. Two year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two years. Not to clarify two months. Thank you.
1: Thank you. And so what they do, though, is you just keep signing up every year. You have a perpetual payment for the rest of time. But it does include Apple Care Plus, which is the insurance that covers it for yeah. damage with a deductible. Anyway, yeah. I won't bore everybody because not everybody's an Apple fan. But I will say the cameras on this phone, there's three lenses on the back, and it is insanely good it's the closest I've ever gotten to having like a DSLR in a phone you can zoom really far in really far out and it's a optical zoom not a digital zoom so it's crystal clear there's night mode which they're finally sort of catching up with the Google Pixel on it's super impressive I'm dorking out and I can't Mm -hmm. wait to use it over this weekend so anyway that's about all that's going on with me
0: All right. you're gonna make
1: me edit out some of that Apple stuff
0: maybe a little (laughs) All right, guys, so stay tuned, and we will be right back with the Community Callout. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Community Callout. This week, we have a very special guest who's right here from our local community, in a popka, he is a local author of two novels, "In the Dark" and "Lies That Bind." Please give a warm welcome. I had to do that <laughs> to Mr. Daniel Fox.
1: Thank you so much. I'm I'm, I'm doing to my it. tour. I'm so glad I had time to drop by here and
0: meet with you guys.
1: So, so can we tell everyone? I think we yeah, said this last so week, la- but yeah,
0: last week. Yeah. You interviewed me yep. because we've been crazy month. Yep, you know scheduling doesn't line up for people all and the this, time with us. And. This was
1: your idea, and I think it's a great idea because yeah. I don't know why, but I try not to promote the books and the podcast too much. I feel like it's kind of cheap, but I think it's good for us to kind of dig in at least once and kind of talk yeah. about what we do.
0: Of course, we love what we do. So yeah, and we, I had a good time to interviewing it. you.
1: So I'll. I'll shut up and let you do it.
0: So you are the interviewee now. Yes. All right, Daniel Fox, Dan Fox, (laughs) a.k.a. Dan Fox. Yep. So my first question would be to just, for those who are listening for the first time, of course, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came about starting to write your first novel.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, so Daniel Fox, Dan Fox is what I go by. A little funny story there is, I would have just gone by Dan Fox and the books, but mm-hmm. I found there's another author out there who's somewhat popular indie author, and I didn't want to be confused. So I went with Daniel Fox, only to find later there's also a Daniel Fox who, <laughs> who writes like fantasy novels. So I guess the long and the short of it is I have gotten feedback that it's a better writer name. So yeah. there you go. But I was born in Apopka in 1971. I have been here for most of my life. If I moved, it was only a couple cities over and then back. I'm in a popka again now. Uh I think we are third generation of popkins or something. I don't know. But wow. um but you know we've my family has been in a popka for a long time. My parents were big in the nursery business like so many families in a popka. Mm-hmm. And uh I have two children. I think we mentioned in the first episode they're teenagers. Um
0: teenagers but one's a grown man
1: yeah that's true (laughs) and um how did i get to start writing my first novel well so technically my first writing of a sort of maybe novel one day was uh was maybe 12 years ago or so now maybe longer i uh i used to be a much bigger reader than i am now because of time constraints i Mm -hmm. love to read and there's something about a good book that's just i i love it um and uh, I think my love of reading started in elementary school. And anyway, I uh, I started writing a novel, just always wanted to write, was always in front of a computer anyway, and uh, wrote three or four chapters and kind of put it away. I don't know hmm. why. I guess I didn't really know where I was going with the story. I was very unsure, which a lot of writers are. Yeah. And then, uh, maybe four years ago, I mentioned this to my now (laughs) fiancé, you, and... uh,
0: A.K.A. Angie. Yeah. And
1: uh, (laughs) you know what it is? I... I, and I told Angie that I'd written a book. She wanted to read it. Of course, there's no way I was going to let anybody read it. She asked <laughs> me a bunch of times. I let her read it. And then, um, you know, she gave me some constructive feedback, but she was, it was very positive and very supportive. And I came home a couple of days later and there was one of those little uh, desk, uh, like bed desks that you can get. It's like a cushion with a desk with a sticky note on it that said, let's get you writing. And I was inspired. And then I just started writing. Yeah. So it was really largely due to uh, just a really good support system from her, from you.
0: Awesome. I mean, that's interesting to hear, though, that you did already start a novel like many years ago. Yeah.
1: You know, I sometimes I think that I will come back and make that into something.
0: Yeah, and i i I would assume that's probably very popular. Among authors that they Very probably common. have half written books sure. or two chapters that may become a part of another story yeah. or a full blown story.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I'm fascinated by other authors and their writing style and all this kind of stuff. And um, it, I have heard of some of them that have like scraps of paper in a bowl for story ideas or yeah. a little black book with half written stories. So I don't I have a little bit of that. Um, But it's, yeah, that it's one
0: probably on your computer. Or it on one is of your devices. it's on my
1: computers and backed up to the cloud and backed up to hard drives <laughs> and everything else but I um at some point I'm gonna go back and I'll, I'll probably kind of rewrite it but I I think there's a story in there
0: yeah I think so too yeah because I really liked it
1: yeah I, I think it's I think it's gonna be a dark tale but most of my books are yeah yeah
0: so I can't exactly remember but so you have two novels like I mentioned the in the beginning yep in the dark yep. and the newest one lies at bind yes. How long did it take to write the first one compared to the second one? Like, what was the timing on both of them? Do you remember? Yeah,
1: I do, actually. And sometimes I wonder if there's something to that. There's something to the rhythm of it. Because the first book took me a little less than a year, start to finish. And That's
0: right. That was pretty quick.
1: Yes. And I... I got in, you get in this sort of, I call it the sort of glorious obsession phase when you are certain amount into the book, story's been mapped out, and then you just, you sort of become, or I say you, maybe I'm the only writer that gets, I don't know, but you, I get kind of obsessed. So at that point, I'm writing on vacation, I'm writing everywhere, um... And I think I really got in the rhythm of that in the first story earlier on. And I remember being out by the pool on my iPad and typing away and back at my computer. And um, so the first one took me about a year. And the second one, I felt like I really had my system down. So I started Mm -hmm. mapping out the story with the app that I use for that and getting everything organized. And the second novel, which is about the same size, maybe a tiny bit longer took me two years. So why? <laughs> I, I really don't know. I think it's just a combination of things. Life, getting busy. Life, yeah. You know. so
0: Yeah, when writing's not your full-time job, you I, have not, to squeeze it in yeah. every and, opportunity you get. And then you have to choose. So, okay, do I go do this or do I write? What do and, I do? And
1: you know, I'd love to say it's just that, but between life at my day job, which is more than 40 hours a week, by far, mm-hmm. um, you know, life with you, life with the kids, other stuff we like to do, house renovation. It's deciding, but I will tell the you podcast
0: in, the podcast that we threw in there <laughs> that we
1: threw in there. My, yeah, my, my crazy idea. But, but I feel like, um, in the back of my head every day I start thinking of what I want to do and what I want to write. And then, and so it's just finding time. And I, yeah. I really need to walk to talk because in my blogs, I write about how, if you're writing you really need to write every day it doesn't matter how much and i don't do that lately
0: yeah you know yeah and we we talked about that a while ago remember the Mm -hmm. writing every day but i i get it it's hard i understand yeah so um what is your creative process when you start the task of writing a book Walk us through that a little bit. So
1: my, I guess my creative process, it's sort of an analytical and a creative process because That's
0: what I was, I think I was going towards everybody's process is different, but maybe, you know, how do you organize yourself kind of?
1: Right, and I think, um, I mean, you would be a very good judge of this, because sometimes I wonder if, and this is probably a line for a book somewhere, but sometimes I I wonder if sort of self-awareness is an oxymoron. I don't think we see ourselves necessarily like everyone else sees us, and so it's debatable on how we really are. Mm-hmm. Are we the way other people see us, or are we the way we think we are? And I'm getting a little philosophical, but, <laughs> but the creative process, I, you know, I... For me, I feel like I, and I've gotten this feedback from other people, I'm kind of half creative, half analytical, and I kind of have one leg in both sides of the brain like that. And it might sound like that's a gift, but it's a torturous thing because I can't just <laughs> drown in the creativity. I have yeah. to pick it apart and organize it and then go super creative into mm-hmm. it. So for me, the idea of a book stirs for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, is that really a book or is that a short story or is that a chapter? How's it going to end? Once I start getting an idea of how this could really be an actual book, then I use apps for what's called a mind map where you start. It almost looks like um, like a flow chart in a way, but mm-hmm. it's got arms that go in all different directions. And I just sort of start drawing things out and I start Drawing out places first and characters first and then figuring out who's going to be where and what's this character's personality. And, you know, at some point, I will maybe publish the, you know, a copy of this. I've seen I've seen yeah. uh, some of the big authors do that.
0: That's interesting to see how somebody's mind works. Yeah,
1: then. I mean, it is a really big chart, but the writing process for me, I don't want to sound this way, but it's kind of easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, It's the story and I know some authors just write and whatever comes out is the story I need to know where it's going because I like I like stories that have little clues That you may not catch and then a twist and I feel like you can't do that unless you've mapped it out.
0: Yeah So speaking of your characters, where do you draw the inspiration from your characters from their personality their looks anything about them?
1: um I feel like that's changed a little bit throughout my life too. But of course I have drawn, you know, you put the disclaimer in your books that say likeness to any characters, living or mm-hmm. dead. So I'll say that again. Yeah. But um, in reality, you know, it's it's people in my life that I've experienced, maybe people that I have had some level of relationship with, whether it be a friendship or whatever, people that have gotten to know enough to where I have been able to see more of their personality. You have to know people a certain amount, you know, Mm -hmm. to get to know their personality. And it's not really any of those people, but it might be little tiny pieces of different people that I've built into a different person. And then what I've also been doing lately, and I'd love to say I invented this, but some of my favorite authors like Chuck Palahniuk, uh, he mentioned something like this, but as I travel for my day job and I've been flying quite a bit lately, Mm -hmm. I listen. I've never been much of a people watcher, but I catch myself now being a a sort of a people watcher listening to people and, and you'll notice that people are very interesting and I guess people watchers already know this, uh-huh. but you might notice a little thing that someone says a lot or a weird way somebody was and, it, these are good recipes to kind of throw in and then you embellish and go with it. Of but it, maybe it's a weird tick or a limp or something, you Yeah, know. some
0: type of mannerism about someone. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. And, it, and it I think it helps to create a more colorful character. But I also build backstories for my characters that I never write. And uh, Bryan Cranston, one of my favorite actors of all time. Uh, Walter White from Breaking Bad. He talked about how he's always sort of put a backstory in the characters he plays because it helps him play them better, yeah. even if the audience never hears it. And that inspired me to do that with my characters because I feel like I know them and I know some of their motivations and some of the things that made them the way they are. Even if I don't have to get to that level, I think it makes them seem more real.
0: That That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And it makes you... I, I think that makes you be able to bring um, a, a very realistic personality to them. Yeah. And that's what people are going to connect with when right. they read a story. You I know? think so too, yeah. So how do you come up with ideas for the stories? Are these things that just come to you? Is I mean, do you have a dream? Do you get help with it? Like,
1: uh, I think it's all the above. Because yeah. the sometimes somebody will say... Ooh, I had a dream about this, and I'll say, ooh, that sounds like a book. Uh, more often than not, it's not really a book; it's a chapter or a piece of yeah. something. Uh, but even you, you'll do. Sometimes you'll say, "Well, I had a, an idea for a book," and it. I don't necessarily take the exact idea, but it it grows from that idea mm-hmm. into things that end up. So it's ideas from other people really help, especially if you have someone that knows you right and has a good creative sort of input. Um, the other thing for me is I have always liked stories that are, um, that have a twist that you just cannot see coming. And that's always been my goal. Uh, and then I also kind of like stories where there may or may not be something fantastical or otherworldly or paranormal Mm. going on. Yeah. And I, and I say that because I feel like a story is better if you don't know that, but it's um Stephen King is famous for being a quote horror author, but he also writes stories that are not horror at all. He wrote like mm-hmm. the Shawshank Redemption and the Green Mile. Um, and sometimes I-, I think I was inspired by some of his stories where it's sort of ambiguous. You don't really know. Is something magical going on there? I'm not exactly sure. I like um I like the ambiguity of some stories like that. So, but I also like, I'm a completionist and I don't like mm-hmm. open ended things and like stories like Lost. Really enjoyed the series. I felt like a lot of it was left unanswered yeah. and I don't like that as an <laughs> author. I want it, I Give want the an reader answer. to feel yeah. good. So I I probably sound like I'm contradicting myself a little bit, but that's, uh, I guess I get my inspiration from all of the above, from yeah. the authors, from movies. Um, and, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, so speaking of, how You said that you like stories that have that little element in there that you don't really know if it's real or not real yeah. or otherworldly. Um, do you feel that you have similarities in your writing style when it comes to both of your novels?
1: Um, or- I try not to, but I think all authors do. I think there's I was some, similarities. Say, or
0: do you want there to be something recognizable in each of your novels that people will know? Or want to come back because they know, ooh, he always has some kind of this element or, or a surprise twist here or there. Well,
1: that part, yes. Okay. I, I don't want the writing to sound the same. But the reality is, you know, writing is a voice in your head. Yeah. And and I could argue that as a writer, you can have a lot of voices in your head that when you're writing that are different. Um, but I'm not the type of writer to write uh, Stephen King again. Sometimes he'll he'll put a uh like a an accent on people Or mm-hmm. he's like oh yep or somebody that's from the midwest or whatever and I, I i don't really do that so much um or or someone with a southern draw or whatever yeah. so i suppose in that sense they there might be some similarities in the way that it's written but i also try to use different techniques in my novels like And I might be talking about my novels that are out, and I might be talking about the novels I'm writing, and I don't want to give anything away, Mm -hmm. but I like the concept of the unreliable narrator, like uh, Fight Club. It's one of my favorite stories, but the concept of the unreliable narrator is a a common sort of uh, theme in books, and that is the person telling the story is telling you what's going on, and they might not really know what's going on, so what they're Mm -hmm. telling you may or may not be correct. I also like... Uh, tinkering with some sort of unorthodox processes or uncommon processes like um, maybe giving away the twist early on, but coming up with another twist. Those Uh, are kind of some things that I've done in some of my stories. Um, Or try to start making something obvious in the story and have the reader go, I already know where this is going. figured it out. And have them be right and then have something else happen that you didn't Mm. expect right after that. Yeah. So, I, I like those things. Because, people
0: like that, though, because they're like, oh, it got me. Yeah, you know? I do. And
1: that's what I'm after, because as a as someone who, uh, you know, enjoys stories, I. I'd like to be surprised in yeah. movies and books. I, I have
0: a. Well, tenancy. you know me. I love surprises. I know. So. And you, you do this, too.
1: <laughs> I think a lot of people do. Um, I have a tendency to try to figure out what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I am right more often than I'm wrong. Yeah. And so I, I want to try to remember that kind of reader.
0: Yeah. So with your titles, I'm, ju- I'm just curious, if is there authors that come up with a title before they even write a book? Do you come up with them before, after? Do you have um, ideas for what you would want to call a book and then put a story on it?
1: Oh, wow. What a great question. I wish I had a better answer for this because, and I should probably think about this, because I really don't know how and when the titles of my two published novels came to be. I know that In the Dark was early on, maybe three or four chapters in. I know that Lies That Bind was... Further in the story, yeah. further into the story. Yeah,
0: because I remember chatting about yeah the name of the book.
1: I'm also learning as an author and always learning and always growing. Um, and in the dark lies that bind our other novels by other people. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah,
0: that's the thing. You always find. Uh, I don't think.
1: Not really. The, no, I, you 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 don't always. I think I know where you're going. You're going to say you're always going to find a book with the same title
0: it seems that way though. I think it depends
1: on just how, um, how original you can get. I mean, I'm currently listening to the book Duma key from Stephen King on audible when I'm driving.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm, I'm telling you there's no other book called Duma key. There's another book out there. I ran across in a search the other day. It's, uh, something about the, um, the exploding suitcase or something like that. And it, it, You know, there's probably not a lot of those.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And it was, it's a philosophical thing the exploding suitcase. It's not a literal exploding suitcase. But so I think if I get my objective for my next title Mm -hmm. is to make it an original. So you can't Google search and get it wrong. And that will actually honestly keep me from naming it other things. I'll search and make sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you come up with a cool character name or oh, something true. in the story, you could even use that as the as yeah. the title.
1: There's those ideas yeah, that I get from outside.
0: So switching gears a little bit. Yep. Um, well, you've already kind of mentioned this, but when you were younger, I was going to ask, were you more of a reader or a writer?
1: Definitely reader. Yeah? Yeah.
0: Um, so wh- what was the first book that you remember really being like, couldn't put it down? Easy. I, I love this. Yep. Oh my gosh. I like to read when you yeah. discovered as a kid that you actually like to read.
1: Uh, I'll never forget this. I, uh, and I will not name him. Certainly not. Um, and I wish him the best. I'm sure he's great now, but uh, in fact, I might even be Facebook friends with this guy now. Yeah. But when I was in elementary school, I was bullied. And I will never forget that um, this one guy, and he bullied me for a few weeks, and I, we ended up getting a fist fight. Now, I certain, certainly don't condone that. It was my first fist fight ever, and I technically won, but I was still crying, and it was like, you know, oh. but it was a day there was a substitute, and I was excited because the book fair was mm-hmm. there, and of course, I was excited just because we got to go to the library and- goof around for an hour, but the substitute, she wasn't super nice substitute. And she decided that the whole class was not going because they were talking. And the only people that could go were people that had money and she would allow you to walk, you know, unassisted to the library for the book fair. So she's asking people for, you know, a show of hands. And I held up my money And she's like, okay, you can go. And as I'm standing up, the guy that bullied me held up some money. Uh, He wasn't interested in a book, but he wanted to go with me to the library to mess with me. And, uh, you know, for all I know, this guy was bullied at home or something. But he was all up in my face, pushing me down all the way to the library. And uh, we made it to the library. He wouldn't mess with me in the library. Because there's
0: adults there. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. But I will never forget this. And I don't know why it's all tied together, but The Hobbit from J.R.R. Tolkien... I remember the cover. I actually found the cover online. Um, yeah, you, you know, show me that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I bought it, super cool cover, and I paid for my money. Of course, he didn't buy a book. And and this isn't necessarily related to your question. Did you but
0: buy the book just because of the cover, though? I
1: totally did. See um, that
0: draw? Of the it cover, really right? is. Mm-hmm. It really is.
1: And the bullying story isn't really related to your question, but I, they will always be sort of married to me yeah, because of that of day. Of course and then on the way back finally he pushed me down one too many times and we started swinging and it it ended however it ended and all these years later i think we're i honestly think we're facebook friends but i'll never forget that day for two reasons obviously first fight kind mm-hmm. of thing but that night i started reading the hobbit and it just consumed me i you know i i just couldn't stop reading it i probably finished the book in a few weeks um and
0: for that age, that's, a, oh, I know that's a feat right there. It is. It is. And I, and I would that's give a pretty thick book. It's not, uh, it's not as thick bad. as
1: the next three, the Lord oh, okay. of the Rings books. But anyway, I just the the idea that a book could take you away. Yeah. Kind of was really born in my head from that one. However, I must give credit to my teacher that year, Miss Shepard, because Maybe a month before that she read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory to us. And at first she read it for like five, 10 minutes a day, maybe fifteen. At first I was totally bummed that we were gonna have to sit through that. And by the middle of the book, I couldn't wait. So <laughs> I think she kind of inspired me to start the reading.
0: Okay. Oh, and, and from
1: then on I've I've probably read
0: And you uh, even remember her name.
1: I do, of course. Yeah. I do. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: So um how has your reading evolved? since you were younger and I say that because do you still love books like The Hobbit or oh, of course are you you know it's a everybody classic. you know we evolve through life so I was thinking about reading how has your reading evolved
1: um you know I guess I don't, I, I don't want to say evolved because I don't want to be um, I know you certainly don't mean it this way but I guess I don't want to be insulting to the genre but because I haven't necessarily... Yeah. I don't know if I'd call it Evolve, but I have sort of switched the, the genre of books that I can read. I used to read After the Hobbit, of course, I read The Lord of the Rings series. And then I read like Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman Dragonlance series. And, um, you know, then I started going down the whole rabbit hole. The C.S. Lewis, The Lion, the Witch, and the mm. Wardrobe. Yeah. The um, Robert Heinlein, some heavy uh, sci-fi stuff like uh, Isaac Asimov. I can't read any of that stuff now. I can't, now the exception is a friend of mine just wrote a book mm-hmm. that I've just started reading that's uh, that's sci-fi and it's, it, it, you know, it's, I, I'm enjoying it, but mm-hmm. I won't normally pick that genre. I don't know where it happened. I think Stephen King was sort of the first bridge away from a that shift, for me yeah. and I have written, I'm sorry, I have read every single book he's ever written. Wow. Um, I like his older stuff a little better, but I'm, you know, that, I'm sure that's everybody lot gets of that. a <laughs> reading. Yeah. Uh, some of them more than once. Uh, I just reread It before the yeah. first movie came out a couple years ago. But um, that was the first bridge for me. Chuck Palahniuk with the uh, Fight Club movie kind of drew me into his books. And now I find that I like to read thrillers um, and I read books like that or like The Girl on the Train was a favorite mm-hmm. uh, that I know a lot of people read a couple years ago. Those kinds of stories to me are... Um, are my favorites where, for the most part, the books could happen. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a story that could happen. I do like some of them that have a, like I said, sort of a uh, fantastical sort of piece to them that is maybe...
0: So that's still some of that sci-fi kind yeah. of stuff?
1: Yeah, because I also don't know what my beliefs are around things like ghosts mm-hmm. or time travel or... You know, just in some sense I I don't think we really know how the universe works. So yeah. I like to play with that a little bit. Yeah.
0: So when you read about it, it's it's exciting to think, Oh, this could could this be.
1: Yeah. It's and ex- seeing
0: people's just take on different things like that.
1: If it's done in a way Michael Crichton was the master of this and he's another author that I love so much and I you know, I was so bummed when he passed, but uh, and he passed when he was young there was a lot of conspiracy around that too, but he had a tendency to write in such a way that you couldn't really tell when he has switched from real science to fake science mm. until you're talking about dinosaurs or a swarm of nano robots, or then you knew it was kind of fake, yeah. but you looking back through the story, you're like, where did this transition? Cause at first it was really scientific. So, yeah. you know, oh, that, cool. that's kind of thing.
0: Cool. So if you could go back and speak to your younger self, in regards to writing, what would you say?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I think you asked me something like this during our sort of buzzword question thing, but not yeah. not about writing. Um,
0: yeah, it, I would want you to be specific because now, you know, you, you want to be a full-time writer. Yes. So what would you say if you could be back to your younger self? How would you inspire, motivate?
1: I think it would probably be easy because if I could go back... And talk to my younger self, I would, I would convince myself to pursue writing much, much earlier in my life. Um, because I guess I firmly believe, and I believe this at any age really, but I firmly believe that you can, if you chase your dream with enough passion, you'll catch it. There's yeah. no question. Um, and I think the trick is not to define all the details of it so much. You know, just kind of the main piece of it. And uh, I would convince my younger self to write at a young age, maybe in my 20s or 30s, definitely in my 30s, because mm-hmm. I think by then I was a little more calmed down and serious. Yeah. And uh, and I think it's like any craft where you, you get better. It's just like a sport. You know, you get better as you go. And even though a lot of authors, their first book knocks it out of the park, their style... And their, um, their sort of technique and everything still gets a little better as they go. Yeah. They get more confident as they we go. We can always
0: get better. We can always improve. Oh, in-
1: indeed. Yeah. And so I think that would be a big piece of it for me would be to, to convince my younger self to chase that dream at all costs. The same thing I tell my kids now. Yeah. I tell my kids, whatever you want to do, chase it with a hundred percent of your energy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: no matter what anyone says.
0: Yep. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So if your full-time job was writing, yep. which you want it to be. Sure. Tell me what your day would look like.
1: Uh, which well, I feel like it will be at yeah, some point. It will um,
0: be. Well, what would your typical day look like? Your dream day of being yeah. a writer.
1: So I won't define the setting because I don't know where that will be yet. And I don't, I don't want to, f- you know, I, I do one of my sort of... Uh, One of my dreams is to travel. Mm -hmm. And when I say travel, I don't necessarily mean by airplane all the time, but I mean the idea of just sort of driving cross country in some kind of a bus or a, or a Airstream or something like that. I think it would be really cool to have a different setting in front of you, especially as a writer. I feel like it would inspire creativity and imagination. But my typical day, I guess, if my full-time job was writing, you know, I feel like I would get up. And definitely write first thing in the morning because I have found that on days where I don't do not do the day job, when it's not mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, when it's the weekend, getting up early, getting a coffee and starting on writing or story mapping is one of my favorite times to do it. Um, I, I struggle a little bit to do that with my day job days because I know it's going to be so intense, a lot of stuff yeah. to do that. I almost need to drift a little bit and kind of just prepare for the day. And I'm, I'm not as good at kind of writing before that as I Mm -hmm. used to be. But if my full-time job was writing, I would definitely do early morning writing, take a, take a break, eat and, um, you know, get back to it. I feel like, and and I, I know this sounds kind of obsessive, but I feel like if full-time writing was my job, during the times that i'm actually writing not the times that i'm story mapping or i'm in between novels and figuring out stories mm-hmm. but when i decide it's time to start writing a novel i feel like i would write for 10 to 15 hours a day
0: wow that's really more than do. you work
1: i know but i feel <laughs> like um well the 10 isn't more than i work yeah, but 15 well, yeah, would be 15. but i feel like um i just there's an obsession that makes a story so good. It's like Mm. a movie you can't stop watching. And I I feel like I just want to bury myself in it. Now, would I do that seven days a week? Probably not. I I think I would still want to take a day or two throughout the week to break and breathe and enjoy time with the people I enjoy being around.
0: Well, you have to go do some people watching so that you have more, you know,
1: well, once you get to writing though, that for me, I feel like that's why there's such time in between because once I get to writing, I want to write. I don't want to write a few chapters and then figure out where the story is going or figure out what the characters are.
0: You're a completionist, so you want it to get done. I do.
1: <laughs> it doesn't always work that, well, that way. Was, that
0: was a that was a good thing. good answer. I love the part about traveling because you know I want to do that of too. Of course, of course. So being able to just s- traveling on the road, I think that would be just um, really great for a writer because yeah things that you see as you're driving along it oh, might be indeed. some weird old bus that's got sure. a weird flag uh, on it or something and things stories. like that it's oh, like you just got to have your little you know your notepad or your phone, phone. so that you can <laughs> hey siri take a note you know yeah about these weird things sure. you may see when you're traveling no, through sure. small towns and stuff like that oh so. indeed
1: indeed and as you said people People. I mean, you encounter so many people, mm-hmm. but I agree. I the, the the part of that dream I don't want to define too much though is, you know, if I had a little desk spot where I could see out the window mm-hmm. and it's a forest for a week or three or a month Amazing. and it's a beach and it's a mountains and it's a desert and it, I feel like I could, I couldn't stop my brain from just mapping that all out into yeah. a, and I think part of that is that sort of childlike wonder about everything. I still mm-hmm. have that. I still can imagine what if... In that tree, there was a tunnel that led to a time machine or something. Oh you know?
0: wow! <laughs> you know, you get quite the imagination. Yeah, indeed. Well, thank you for at for answering my questions. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I think You're I came up with some interesting ones that you, are a little you, different than the norm.
1: You really did. You didn't ask me about which charities or organizations I like to contribute to. I
0: did not, but I've. I'm going to ask you something. It's a little different yeah. than what I normally.
1: Well, I, I wanted to say before though. I feel like the reason that you didn't is because you know they're the same ones that you mentioned. Of course. And, and, uh,
0: but I do want to ask something about that. Yeah. What charities or organizations do you look forward to working with in the future?
1: So I, you know, I, I'll be honest, I don't know the names or specifics of a charity, but I guess what I always envisioned is when everything takes off, I like to say it that way because I think you have to put it out there for yeah, it to happen, but when everything takes off... Um, I love the idea of helping kids, of course, mm-hmm. to read. Uh, mm-hmm, helping kids that are you know less fortunate kids to learn to read, um, to get books, to not just uh, you know uh, books on uh, school studies and uh, you know the typical English and math and all the foundational mm-hmm. classes, but you know fiction and fun, stuff. And fun creative reading, and um, also. I would like to get involved in in organizations that help elderly people, and I I'm sure there are organizations like this. But I love the idea of when older people can't read anymore, their eyes are gone, or they can't hold a book. Mm-hmm. Or I love the idea of reading to you know a service that reads to older people yeah. a, as a story. Um, reminds me again of that teacher because I guess I. I feel my mortality lately with mm-hmm. my son moving out, with I'm I'm not too far away from fifty. Yeah. Um and I started thinking about things that I feel like would be nice for myself when I can't read anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that I don't I wish nice. I had a better answer, but I feel like um
0: It's a great when the, direction.
1: When the time comes I will definitely invest in all
0: that. All right. Well, thank you so much once again for sitting down with me. And hey, guys. I sit
1: down with you every week.
0: Oh, you know, you know <laughs> what I'm saying. So we are not going to have an information station this week. So we want to hear from you guys, though. Please let us know how we're doing. Give us a, um, a shout. Oh, yes.
1: And speaking of a shout, yeah. I want to give a shout out to the HitFit Gym and Apopka real quick. Yes, they have made it in the Apopka Chiefs annual Best of Apopka. Did they? They are ranked top. They are ranked in the top three, and there are thousands and thousands of votes that went into this sort of Best of Apopka. I don't know all the numbers. I just think how cool is that? Hit Fit Gym in Apopka. Um, I,
0: I do. I voted for them. I remember going oh, through. Very and, nice. Just trying to vote for my favorites of people that I've actually had I, interaction with oh, in a yeah. popka. Mm-hmm. Well, that
1: gym is so cool. It's the neatest kind of workout. And uh, Nicole and the group in there, they're just also friendly and nice. And uh, I, I'm so excited to hear that they are
0: That's doing pretty well. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And,
1: and if you are looking for a gym and you're in the area, go check them out. They're in their Week kind of a River Walk, they're, they're in a spot that is. Um, If you're not paying attention, you'll miss it. But there's a subway on the corner. Everybody knows where that is. So it's kind of around that corner Mm -hmm. and facing sort of the back of the bank. I think there's a bank building right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, facing 441.
0: So go check them out. Awesome. Yeah. Give us a call. Let us know how we're doing, guys. 407-490-3899. Or you can email us at feedback at fineanddangy.com or find us on all social media, fineanddangy. And remember that it still is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month.
1: Yep. We got five more days or so.
0: Yep. So until the end of September, you still have a chance to make your donation to alexslemonade.org. Yep. Right. And um, email us your receipt. Let us know that you made that. Um, contribution to help with funding towards finding a cure for childhood cancer. And we will get you in our drawing, which we will be doing the last day of the month.
1: That's right. So the last day of the month is this coming Monday. So on Monday, we are going to do a Facebook live broadcast, and we are going to pull a randomizer with all the names, go through all the prizes. We are emptying the prize stash. We have all kinds of cool stuff. We have uh, free kayak and canoe rentals from Wekaiva Island. We have discounts on Cabanas. We have Google Home Mini. We have Fitness Tracker, restaurant gift cards, T-shirts. We've got a bunch of cool stuff.
0: Yeah, we're giving it all away.
1: We are unloading. It's time to <laughs> rebuild the gift. That's the gift. right.
0: That's right. Yep. So get those generous donations in, guys. And thank you so much for listening. And remember, at the end of the day... It's, it's all fine, fine and
1: dandy. <laughs> oh, that's so that was cool. Thanks. Need to edit. No, I'm leaving that in. <laughs> that's that's not the information <laughs> station. That's the <laughs> sneak peek of the week.
0: This was this and that. We just talked about what we're doing. I
1: think you got to change that. Oh, wow. What a great question. I wish. I wish.